This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Get right to it and move. Hey, hey, everybody! Welcome to the Foreign Affair Podcast. Um, I I am Edward Green. I'm not joined as always, but I'm calling crime West Bradshaw. Unfortunately, um, Wes, so sad after that England loss last week. Oh, so terribly sad. Just kidding. You guys, you guys already knew this was going to be a a a a podcast where we hear from Wes from parts unknown. So. Not too surprising, I think, for that. But we do have plenty to get you updated on, including the Women's World Cup and uh, the Nations League final, as I mentioned, and the Euro 2020 qualifiers that have started. Also have some brief news and notes we'll get to, and of course, a little watch for, and then Wes will jump in with, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be Anfield Corner this week. Not a whole lot going on at Anfield right now. Um, So we'll see what what corner we inhabit this week uh, with Wes Bradshaw. But before we get to that, of course, we are presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. As well as Alicia's Pills and Things, get your body pillow that re- uh, resembles your favorite Faith Stay Night waifu today. Probably don't, you probably can't actually get that. But you can get pillows with your favorite sports team's logo on that. So go check that out at Alicia's Pillows and Things on Facebook. And finally, I get to do my favorite read of all time. Do you have Roku TV? 30 million others do. To get it, visit Roku.com, or you can pick up the remote at Best Buy and Others. If you have it or get Roku TV, search The Ultimate Sports Channel for free sports programming. You can find them at uh, ESGSportsGroup.com. You can also find them on Twitter at Nasha Sports and use that same uh, thing for Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, as well as the Instagram. So with that out of the way, let's get to it. Um, first, let's start with the women's. Well, we'll go in chronological order. Uh, the Nations League final was this past uh, week. Uh, England, in, in the most England thing ever, actually won on penalties. This was, of course, after losing to the Netherlands 3-1, which we uh, somewhat put in the, the podcast description for last week because it happened after it already came out. Um but England uh, did bounce back and won the third place match against Switzerland. Uh, six straight penalties. That's super English of them. They did it. Uh, and they beat Switzerland nil-nil and added extra time uh, thanks to a 6-5 victory in penalties. 
And then Portugal beat the Netherlands 1-0 with a 60th minute goal from Gonzalo Guedes. So, yay for Portugal. They win the Nations League. They beat the Netherlands. Cool. I don't remember if this actually means anything or not. So, hey, that's, that's great, I guess. Um, they they won the thing. They, they won the thing. Um, of note, of course, we mentioned... Uh, the Nations League works in a weird relegation thing kind of thing, uh, which means teams like Germany and Poland, the next time this comes around, will not be in, in this uh, this League A. Uh, and teams that will be joining are teams like Ukraine and Sweden and Denmark. So, what a fun league this was. All right, so that's the Nations League wrapped up, done and dusted. That puts us into Euro 2020 qualifying, which is well underway. Uh, teams are, are going all out for that. Um, they were taking place in over the course of many groups, as we've already seen. Um, uh, teams are sometimes already four matches in, like in Group A, where Montenegro and Bulgaria are four matches in. Um, and England has only played two, and they're still leading, thanks to goal differential over the Czech Republic, who have played three. Um, so right now, England still lead Group A with the Czech Republic in second. Kosovo are in third. Over in Group B, uh, Ukraine have picked up 10 points uh, and are well ahead of Luxembourg, Serbia, and Portugal. Um, but Portugal has only played two matches, so they do have some points to be made up. But still, even with the full points, would be trailing the Ukraine by two. So uh, Portugal do have a little bit of work to do to get to qualifying. Top two teams out of each group qualify, once again. Uh, Northern Ireland right now topping Group C, although they do have... An extra match ahead of Germany, who have taken the full nine points out of nine so far. Uh, Netherlands have fallen kind of far behind, but they've only played their two matches. Uh, Belarus and Estonia still yet to get on the board. Uh, Germany putting eight on the Stoners uh, just this past week. Uh, Group D, Republic of Ireland getting out to a nice 10-point lead over Denmark and Switzerland. Uh, Denmark has five points, Switzerland has four, and of course Georgia Fighting Bulldogs. They got three points. I'm sorry, Georgia fans. Uh, kind of. Uh, so, hey, Ireland on top of that group. That's pretty cool right now. Uh, group E, Hungary right now leads with nine points. Slovakia and Croatia not far behind with six. Wales right now at a disappointing three points. Uh, but they do have some ground that and still some time to make up with five matches left to go in their group. Uh, over Group F, Spain right now 12 points out of 12. Sweden and Romania tied for second with seven points. Uh, and Norway not too far behind them with five points. All teams in this group, because there are six in F, G, and H, have all played four matches. Uh, group G, Poland leads with 12 points. Israel, second place with seven, trying to get into Euros. And Austria, just uh, who I believe went perfect in qualifying last time, uh, only six points here so far. Two wins, two, two losses. Um, North Macedonia, they're, they're trying. They are really trying. Um, and then Group H, uh, France, Turkey, and Iceland, all with nine points. This comes after a somewhat shocking French loss 2-0 at the hands of Turkey um, that threw this group wide open. And, of course, only two of these teams advance. So one of France, Turkey, Iceland, and, hey, Albania's right there with six. Um, one of them will not advance. So uh, that's no slip-ups 
can be had there. Uh, group I, Belgium and Russia are, have broken away from the pack a little bit. Kazakhstan and Scotland still within striking distance. And then in Group J, Italy and Finland, 12 and 9 points apiece. Armenia with 6. And then Greece and Bosnia and Herzegovina each have 4. Poor little Liechtenstein still at 0. So that's Euro qualifying. Um, this is going to keep going for uh, the rest of... Uh, this year, I believe the last match day is November 19th. So we still have quite a few months before we settle this. Uh, the final, uh, the next match day looks like it's September 6th. So we will resume Euro qualifying right in the middle of the Premier League season. Hooray. Um, lastly, FIFA Women's World Cup well underway. Um, some teams have now played their second matches, including France, which squeaked by Norway today uh, after a own goal brought the Norwegians back into it at 1-1. Uh, but a late goal from Eugene Le Sommer, sure, uh, got them to 2-1. <laughs> Pronunciation has never been my strong suit on this podcast. You all know this. Um, got them to 2-1. Got France the big win there. Uh, Nigeria, meanwhile, picked up a 2-0 win over South Korea, which gets them to three points. Uh, and right now they are level on points with Norway, France, the host country, leading with six, with just one match to play. Uh, France is assured of at least third place, which could get them through um, to the knockout stage. Women's World Cup, uh, top two from each group advance. Third um, can possibly go through if they are one of the top four third place teams. Right now Nigeria is leading the pack there thanks to their second match that they've played. Um, group B, Germany right now is a sort of at least third place there as they take all six points, uh, squeaking by China and Spain with a pair of 1-0 victories. They are they are currently top of the group. Spain uh, beat South Africa 3-1 to get their three points. China and South Africa are still looking for their first points of the World Cup. Uh, Germany can look to close it out. With a win over South Africa and Spain, if they can get by China, will also be advancing as well automatically. Group C, uh, Brazil got they've so from now on all team groups have only played one match so far as of Wednesday when we're recording this. Uh, Brazil with a three 0 victory over Jamaica thanks to a hat trick from Christine Chris, uh, Cristiani Cristiani yes that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I'm Brazilian. What of it? Um, she had a hat trick. Not the most impressive feat we'll get to this week, though. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, they got through with a 3-0 victory there. Italy, with the late, late, late goal, broke Australian hearts. Barbara Bonanesia uh, with the brace there, including the 95th minute header that gives Italy the win over Australia. Um, could have been a historic victory for Australia, but unfortunately they could not close the door uh, brutal way to take the loss there. They will have now to re recollect themselves and take on the mighty Brazilians in their next match. Well, Italy will face Jamaica in Group D. England, a little bit nervy. They get by Scotland. Um, they get the 2-1 victory there. Uh, goals from Nikita Paris as well as Ellen White. Um, so they... They get the win there. Argentina and Japan with a nil-nil draw. So they split the points and have one point apiece. Everybody's still alive in this group. Uh, still a lot to play for as England will next be taking on Argentina while Japan faces Scotland. Uh, in Group E, Canada with a 1-0 victory over uh, Cameroon. And the Netherlands, another late goal as Jill Ruard 
uh, with the 92nd minute goal over New Zealand. A heartbreak for all the Oceanic teams, apparently, this week. Um, so Netherlands and Canada both sit atop with three points. New Zealand and Cameroon still at zero. But Canada and the Netherlands will be taking on the, each other in the final match uh, match of this group stage. But before then, Cameroon and New Zealand can still get back into it with wins in their next matches. Uh, and then we go to Group F, which saw Sweden beat Chile 2-0. And it's like, okay, they a couple late goals, you know, but Sweden, they're good, blah, 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 blah. And then the United States went and put, up and put a 13 spot on Thailand. That's right, folks. 13-0. 13-0. Multiple First-time goal scorers in this match. Uh, two goals from Rosemary Lavelle. Uh, one goal from Lindsay Horan. One, uh, two goals from Sam Muse. Uh, one goal from Megan Rapino. One goal from Mallory Pugh. One goal from Carly Lloyd on what's probably her last rodeo for this Women's World Cup. And then Alex Morgan with the Penta. That's right. Five goals. She's going to be up on the Penta. This week's episode, uh, Alex Morgan, five goals, including two in the final 10 minutes. My God. Um, of course, this was a source of much consternation of people and who didn't want to see the United States celebrating after, you know, the seventh, eighth, ninth goal that was scored in this match. Um, and that's cool. You can you can have differing opinions on this. It just, you know, I, I think it's fine. But if you if you want to disagree and think that, that they don't need to be celebrating, you know. Once once you pit in number ten, just be like, all right, cool. Set back to midfield, I guess. Um, that's fine. Don't agree with you, but that's fine. Um, but hey, kids, uh, let's not do death threats when when people criticize the U.S. Women's National Team, huh? Kaylin uh, Kyle, the former Canadian player turned analyst, who uh, who had some criticism for the way the U.S. celebrated. Uh, don't don't do death threats. Just don't. That's that's scummy and terrible. Don't do that. That's that's awful. Awful. And like I know we were tongue in cheek about uh the the English uh you know the 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 thing the the English FA put out last week about don't act like a jackass the the video they put out and then England fans proceeded to act like a jackass. Yeah, we kind of took it lightheartedly last week. Maybe we shouldn't have because seriously, England fans, stop going to other countries and acting like a jackass. Like just stop it. Please stop the death threats. Stop acting like a jackass in other countries. I mean, to be fair, it's stop acting like a jackass, period. But especially when you go to a different country, stop acting like a jackass, please. From from a non-British person, please stop it. Just it's stupid. Anyway, uh, Sweden and the United States will be facing each other in the third match. That'll be on June 20th. Uh, in the meantime, the United States will be back up in the in the saddle on June 16th when they take on Chile. So that is your Women's World Cup update. Uh, let's hit the news and notes. Um, there is a story in The Independent um, with the Wilfred Zaha where the, the title is uh, I'm called a monkey or an N-word. I'm not going to say the full N-word here. Uh, nearly every game. Um, we've talked a lot about in recent months about how player our Africa... Uh, I say our, some of the African, uh, I was going to say African-American, but that's, they're in England, so they can't be that. Some of the African players uh, who play in England, uh, oh, screw it. some of the black players who play in England, uh, when they go to other countries, they get 
racially abused from the stands. And that sucks. We heard Danny Rose speak out about it. We heard Raheem Sterling speak out about it. It's it's terrible and a plight. Apparently, this is also happening in England. So seriously, stop it. Stop this racist shit. This is stupid. I don't know. It's terrible. Just this this makes black footballers not want to keep being in the sport after they're done, and that's a travesty. So seriously, whatever insecurities you have to to call somebody this, get the fuck over it and stop being a racist dickhead. So tired of this shit. Anyway, it's on the independent. Go read it. It's a good article. Um, hey, this is now back to actual football news. This is something we had been kind of talking about for a while, and we're kind of wondering if Chelsea would just never actually appeal their their transfer ban and just go ahead and get it over with. No, it turns out they are. They are they are going to try and do it. Um don't know if they're gonna be able to do it. It's quarter of arbitration sport. Not usually likes to do that sort of thing, but um, this this could turn out really bad. So we'll see how that plays out. But Chelsea have officially done that, um, uh, as reported by Matt Law on Twitter from the Daily Telegram. Uh, they have not uh, confirmed whether or not there's been an application to freeze the ban. So they could still appeal it and then... It's like, oh, well, we lost the appeal, but we still only have to do this summer transfer and then the winter transfer. Whereas if they apply for the freeze and then they they lose the appeal, then they'll just have to keep serving it even longer. So probably smart. We'll see. Uh, I don't expect this to get appealed. Well, we'll see. Um, transfer news. Uh, Manchester United have signed Daniel James from Swansea City. Not the James. United fans probably were thinking about. Uh, but hey, he's a winger. They need pace. We'll see what the old gunner can make of him in the, the weeks to come here as the season starts uh, getting into full swing again because the soccer season never actually ends. Um, last two bits of news. Uh, back to Chelsea. And why that transfer ban is so important. Uh, Eden Hazard is officially joining Real Madrid. It is happening for like $100 million. Uh, it's crazy. So, hey, Hazard is gone. Uh, it also looks like Maurizio Sarri is just about a done deal. And uh, he is going to sign a three-year deal with Juventus. So, your guess is as good as mine is what's going to happen with Chelsea. We've heard Frank Lampard. We've heard a few other names that probably aren't going to work. Chelsea's in a weird spot. Really weird spot. They're going to be a Champions League team. They're coming off for Europa League victory. We'll see how good they are next year, I guess. It's going to be weird. But, hey, so that's your news and notes for the week. Um, the Watch 4. What are we watching? The week that was, the week that will be. Uh, how about E3? E3 happened. E3 was a thing. We got a new Breath of the Wild game coming. Who knew? Who knew we were going to get a direct sequel to Zelda Breath of the Wild? I sure did I really, I hoped. I thought that would be cool. Didn't think we would, but we're going to get it. Don't know what it's called. Probably won't be out till 2021. But the one-minute trailer that they showed of absolutely nothing got me really hyped. So, I'm very excited. I love Zelda. I love Breath of the Wild. 
very excited. E3 otherwise was meh. It was fine. So that's what we're watching. Um, and with that, I think we're now going to turn it over to one Wes Bradshaw, where he takes us into whatever corner he's into right now uh, as we as we hit this edition uh, where Wes Bradshaw takes over the podcast from Parts Unknown. So Wes, please, take it away. What's up, everybody? It's Wes Bradshaw. Welcome to this week's edition of Anfield Corner. Even though uh, Anfield is pretty much shut down for the summer, we are officially on summer break. I know we were last week, but, you know, we were still talking Champions League, wrapping things up last week. Well, the Champions League is done and dusted. The, uh, the, the boots have been put away for the summer, well, at least in the sense of club football so now we sit back and uh, you know we just see what the summer has to bring us and we already start off with international cup football so we'll talk a little bit about that we'll maybe throw a few transfer rumors and rumblings in there because you folks know how much I love the silly season <laughs> it's just it's one of my favorites um yeah let's start with obviously the most important tournament that's ever existed that being the nation's cup well, it was the most important tournament that ever existed until England lost to the Netherlands, and then it just became, you know, another tournament. Um, start off, the Portuguese, led by Chris Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, they win the inaugural Nations Cup. They defeat the Dutch in the final, I believe it was 1-0 final. Um, Maybe it up being 2 0. I'm not looking it up right now, and I just support them all night. It's been a few days. But anyway, Portugal wins it. About to win that. Portugal win their second major competition trophy out of the last three. The one they didn't win, of course, being the World Cup. Of course, they're the 2016 European. It's 2016. Yeah, I guess 2016 European champions. I can't, so I said, okay, yeah, 2016 European Champions. Don't hate me, folks. Like I said, it's been a long night. It's been a long week. Um, so, for a team that had never won a an international tournament before, they've now won the last two that have taken place in Europe. Um, a, a nice new generation of Portuguese players coming through, and, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo still is the spearhead of that team. And something happens for Ronaldo, you know, when he pulls on that Portugal jersey, he, he's a good one. He does not, as they as they say with the English and, you know, Messi, he does not shrink under the weight of his international jersey. And uh, another win, a well-deserved victory for him. Portugal played well, um, you know, over those two matches in the finals. They played well and they got the job done. And uh, they, they lift the tournament. They do do it on Portuguese soil, so a nice little bonus for them. Uh, take nothing away from the Dutch, who had a really nice tournament. Netherlands had some good chances in this match. Uh, Memphis sailed one. Uh, had a few other good looks, just weren't able to convert. Uh, and at the end of the day, just not enough to get past Portugal, but... You know, kind of in the vein of what we saw from Ajax this past season, uh, the Netherlands, the Dutch, they are they are on their way back, I believe, to world prominence. Uh, of 
course they post maybe the best maybe the best nothing they post the best central back pairing in all of world football uh, when you look at uh, Virgil van Dijk who is suddenly popping up on a lot of radars to win the Ballon d'Or which would be crazy would, would be awesome crazy awesome uh, and of course Mathis de Ligt who is the kind of the hottest guy out there on the transfer market, the 19-year-old center back. So you put those two in the middle of the bag, and that's just that's a phenomenal pairing. They seem to work well together. Um, so for the Dutch, it's a, it's a bright future for Holland. And uh, we'll see if they're going to be, uh, they should be one of your top contenders for Euro 2020 coming up next year, next summer. Uh, for Portugal, though, they get the automatic qualifying bid into Euro 2020. So uh, we will move forward from there. In the third place game, it doesn't usually matter. And guess what? It still didn't matter. Uh, as Gary Lineker said, there's a third place game, really. Uh, England defeats Switzerland uh, on penalty kicks and absolutely drab affair. Just another shit game, which most third place matches are. Um, couple guys who stood out just happened to be Liverpool players in the Sandfield corner so that's what I'm going to talk about. Uh, Joe Gomez in the middle of defense was just he was really good. Um, he looked very strong. He and Harry Maguire formed a pretty strong partnership right there. Uh, much better than anything John Stones has ever brought to an English side. Uh, and then to me the England player of the match uh, man of the match for England Trent Alexander-Arnold the youngster getting the starting nod in the third place match and if England had any finishing whatsoever in that match he might have had a couple assists as he drops excellent excellent crosses into the box that uh, one I think was Scott another one Raheem Sterling just totally missed it going for it uh, where he had one on one with the keeper uh, typical Raz Horseman you when you need him to do something for your team, you know, Raz is going to shit the bed. But Trent looked really good, got a really nice, um, some really nice comments from Gareth Southkin after the match. Uh, I mean, to me, he is such a technically better player than Kyle Walker has ever woken up and dreamed of being in his life. Uh, Kyle Walker does have the age, the experience factor shit on that, man. What experience have you got for England? I mean, Kyle Walker's never been anything great. Kyle Walker was one of the scapegoats of the World Cup team and was just terrible against the Dutch. So, to me, that right back spot should be Trent's going forward. It's, I think it's his to lose. I think he's not enough to win it. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see what Gareth Southgate thinks, but I think... Uh, I think this could this could be the beginning of a big England career for both Trent and Joe Gomez. So good on both those lads. Oh, looking around, what else have we got? Um, hey, United States men. <laughs> Woo! Bear halter. Man, that's ugh, that was ugly. Uh, Venezuela three 0 in a friendly. Uh, questions going to the Gold Cup. No Josh Sargent. More questions and answers right now from the U.S. Men's National Team. I still think you got to give Bearhalter time. You know, you, you brought him in for this project. you got to give him time. But, man, 
man, that was an ugly week for the United States men. Uh, now for something the United States can be fully proud of, the United States women. Woo! Love you, ladies. We've always loved you, ladies. And they came out and proved in their opening match of the Women's World Cup why they are the favorite, why they are the best team in the world, as they put not one, not two, not three, keep counting, LeBron. We're not counting all the way. Thirteen goals. Thirteen goals that they've scored in their opener against Thailand. I mean, Thailand not exactly, you know, a reincarnation of the 1974 Dutch team by any means, but still, I mean, shit, 13 goals. That is a World Cup record, not a Women's World Cup record, a World Cup. That includes men's and women's World Cup records. Uh, Alex Morgan, her five goals equals Michelle Aker's World Cup record of five goals in a match. Uh, I mean, the United States were completely dominant. They scored nine, nine. Uh, no, they scored 10 in the second half. They were up 3-0 at halftime. They scored 10 in the second half. They're getting media backlash. They're getting backlash from other countries for, you know, going out and scoring goals and celebrating when they score goals because, you know, it's the freaking World Cup. So we shouldn't celebrate. Uh, screw all that, especially the Canadians who are crying about it because, you know what? I mean, this is competition. This is what it's all about. You're out there to compete. Uh Thailand sent their team out there. They were playing as hard as they could. Stop them. Stop them. You're professionals. You're all pros. This isn't an amateur event. This isn't kids racking up against other kids that they're just bigger than. No, I mean, these are pros. Sorry, Thailand. You're not as good as the United States. Okay, we knew it. You know, if you, if you feel that Thailand, well, Thailand gave up late. That's a Thailand problem. It's not a United States problem. You know, those, those ladies out there, they've earned their opportunity to play in this tournament. Um, they've earned their opportunity to play in these matches. And, you know, what? they're going to go and they're going to do what they do. And for the U.S., if this is a harbinger of things to come, uh, looks like it could be a big run. And, you know, the U.S. got off to such a great start. Some of the other favorites in this tournament, France, notably, um, they, have, they have had to scrape and fight here. France getting a controversial VAR decision going their way to be able to defeat, I believe it was Norway. Um, so the U.S. come out, they look very strong. Their next match will be on Sunday. They will take on Chile uh, in their second group match. So it's coming up looking good for the United States ladies right now. Forget the backlash. Forget the backlash. Forget all that bullshit. You know, they've come to play. And they're going to do what they do. They're going to kick ass and take names because that is how the American women play. Uh, a couple quick transfer gossips. We'll just throw them out there. Uh, Nicholas Pepe to Liverpool is really picking up some steam. Uh, we'll see if that does come to fruition. We give Liverpool a really nice um, fourth front player. Uh, be able to do some rotation. Be able to really do some crazy things if they go 4-2-3-1. Uh, um, give them some nice options. Um, Mindy, the uh, the young fullback from Lyon, has signed with Real Madrid as they continue their summer overhaul. Of course, the big one last week. And Hazard, word is Spurs may shatter their um, may shatter their transfer record. 
wound up a 60 million pound bid for uh, one of the Leon midfielders. I think it's in Gola. I uh, don't have it in front of me. I can't remember the young man's name. But a very, very, very good midfielder would come right in, slot right into that Spurs midfield, and would give them some definite bite and some definite quality out in that midfield. A lot going on. Uh, just so many rumors. It's silly season. It's in full effect. It's great. I love it. All right, folks, that's going to be it for this week's Anfield Corner. That's going to do it for me. I'll see you guys back next week. Me and Ed Green will uh, be back together, reunited, and it feels so good. You'll catch it all right here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. Thanks so much for that, Wes. Appreciate you coming in here and, and dropping all that on us. What it was, I'm not quite sure because I have to record this ahead of time. So very excited, though, to hear what corner uh, it's going to be. I will give it a listen before this gets published, so that would be pretty cool. Um, and then I believe we'll be back next week, so we'll get to talk, I don't know, we'll probably talk Women's World Cup. Be, maybe maybe somebody else will say something stupid. Maybe, I mean, Alexi Lawless is here, so you know something stupid's going to get said. So We'll see about that. Uh, that'll do it here for this episode, uh, episode 266 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Once again, thanks to NGSC Sports, Alicia's Pillows and Things, and the Ultimate Sports Channel. You can find all of them on the internet, as well as us as a collective on Twitter. We are at AFA Pod. Uh, Wes is at Wes Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, the All New Sports Show. You can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. So like I said, we'll be back for next week's episode where we do more uh, Women's World Cup talk and any more news and notes that happens. Maybe some more transfers will go down. Uh, in the meantime, in the next week or so. But until then, oh, Wes, Wes will probably, I figured out, Wes will probably do uh, college baseball corner. It's not a good weekend for him. Not good at all. But that's what we're probably going to get. So, hey, maybe we'll help you able to see if my guess was right, I guess. So, for my call on crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 266 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Until next time, everyone, stay safe. And enjoy the football. Good night. Who are we saying good night? Who are we saying good night? Good night, Thailand. Seriously. This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. 
we never stop.